The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Mayor, I think the boys may have stumbled onto something here. You see, Mayor, frozen links are often found. Dinosaur eggs, woolly mammoths. This specimen could be a missing link in our evolution. If I can unfreeze the body and perform an autopsy, I could learn much about this creature's people and its time. Do you see that, Kevin? These clothes are from Eddie Bauer. I haven't seen anybody wear clothes from Eddie Bauer since... 1996! This is incredible! He's still not responding much to us. The shock is still settling in. But we've made great progress now that he's in the habitat. Habitat? Yes, Kevin and I designed a habitat for Steve to live in that is completely like his own world. Everything is 1996-oriented. Iceman is listening to Ace of Base, which was a very popular group during his era. Their primitive drumming soothed his people's tempers. Ah, here we see the Iceman trying to gain internet access on the computer. The internet was still not very big at his time, so the web frightens and confuses him. Okay, he can't hurt you. This is one-way glass. He can't even see us. What would it be like to wake up five years into the future? How about 20 years? 50? A century? How would someone from the past get along in our present? The theme of being frozen in time and waking up years later has been a staple of fantasy and science fiction, but oddly enough, very few of these stories actually dwell on how these people adapt after waking up. On this episode of ARC, I'm going to go over the more famous characters in entertainment who've woken up in an unfamiliar future, from Rip Van Winkle to Austin Powers. Also, I'm going to give my review and commentary to the latest movie to feature one such character, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. This is ARC. God bless television. To the movies. The good movies. To every possible kind. I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Is that a hair gel? <coughs> Loud noises! There's no crying in baseball! That's not even a word! Game over, man. Game over. I'll be back. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! These are their stories. From now on, I order you watch more television than ever before. Welcome everyone to another episode of Arts Review and Commentary. I'm your host, Omar Latiri, and as always, this show is brought to you by ARC's Amazon page. Click on the Amazon button at artsreviewandcommentary.com to purchase anything movie and TV related. Also, don't forget to get a subscription to the newest show on the Realm Network, the Don Geronimo Podcast. You can find information for that and all the other podcasts on the Realm Network by visiting artsreviewandcommentary.com and realmnetwork.com. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Why do you always have to say it that way? Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? So, how would you explain the world of today to someone who'd been asleep or on ice? Well, that would depend on how long that person had been out of touch. A person waking up after five years might not have that much trouble adapting to the world of today. But how about ten? How do you explain the impact that Apple has had on the world in the past decade? How do you explain Facebook, Barack Obama, podcasting, 
Justin Bieber. And that's just in the past 10 years. Can you imagine someone waking up from even before then and how much life had changed? Washington Irving touched on some of those themes in his short story, Rip Van Winkle. For those who aren't familiar with the story, Rip Van Winkle takes place near the Catskill Mountains of New York near the Hudson River, when New York was still a colony of the British Empire. Rip himself was a well-liked guy in town, enjoying a sedentary lifestyle and not really caring to do much. Deciding to go out on a hike to escape his ever-annoying wife, Rip encounters some strange folks in the woods, drinks some of their hooch, passes out, and then wakes up 20 years later. He finds his way back into town and is shocked to find that the American colonies are now independent from the British. His kids have grown up, and his annoying wife has since fortunately passed away. Since his wife was the most troublesome thing about his life, it was easy for Rip to adjust to the times, sitting on the banks and fishing with his now-grown son. The story of Rip Van Winkle isn't meant to be a critique of anything in particular. It's just a short story about a man who wakes up after sleeping for 20 years. There are little touches that Washington Irving puts in the story to clue into the changes of two decades. The most obvious is that the style of clothing has changed, and this observation should not be dismissed. It may seem weird that the clothing of the 1760s would be different than the clothing of the 1780s, but isn't the clothing of the 1960s different than that of the 1980s? Change is a constant, and the story of Rip Van Winkle is literary proof of that. Change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. Now, Rip is able to easily adjust to his new time, but other characters who experience a similar gap in time have had a harder time of it. One such character is Austin Powers, a man from the late 60s whose 30-year freeze finds him in an era where free love isn't exactly welcome. Mr. Powers, my job is to acclimatize you to the 90s. You know, a lot's changed since 1967. No doubt, though, but as long as people are still having promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners without protection, while at the same time experimenting with mind-expanding drugs in a consequence-free environment, I'll be sound as a pound. Austin, of course, has trouble adjusting, and one of the more poignant scenes shows him checking off a list of people he knew from his time. Jimi Hendrix, deceased, drugs. Dennis Joplin, deceased, alcohol. Mama Cass, deceased, ham. Sandwich. You know, I sometimes forget you've missed out on the last 30 years. Fall of the Berlin Wall, first female British Prime Minister, end of apartheid. Yeah, and I can't believe Liberace was gay. I mean, women loved him. I didn't see that one coming, no. At least with Austin Powers, he could somewhat adapt to the technology. They still had cars and telephones in the 60s. But what about someone who's been gone for centuries? How would they adapt? My name is Ichabod Crane. I was enlisted in the Queen's Royal Regiment and sent to the American colonies to fight the Patriots. It didn't take long for me to have a change of heart. In 1781, I died on the battlefield, but I was saved by a mysterious spell cast upon me by my beloved wife, Katrina. 
Now I've been awakened 250 years later, and fate led me to Miss Abigail Mills, a young police lieutenant investigating baffling mysteries. That's only part of the intro to the new Fox series Sleepy Hollow, a show inspired by two of Washington Irving's short stories, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. The character of Ichabod Crane doesn't have much time to appreciate the craziness that the 20th century has to offer because the show is much more concerned with the action and horror of the coming apocalypse. There are those clever moments when Ichabod sarcastically comments on the present, like how the taxation of today is greater than that which caused the American Revolution, but those moments are few and far between. And when trying on present-day wardrobe... One sign of the impending apocalypse is surely skinny jeans. And so Ichabod stays in his revolutionary-era-style frock and breeches that he's more comfortable in. It's a telling choice for the character, and one that serves to keep him a relic from the past. To be frozen in one period of time and to wake up in another is something that currently is the stuff of fantasy and science fiction. It's a form of time travel to the future, with the same consequences. Because these consequences are entirely fictional, we play fast and loose with the possibilities, not realizing that some of us are doing that right now. Whenever we get uncomfortable with the changes that the world presents us, we surround ourselves with our keepsakes and mementos from the past, whether it be furniture, photos, or especially music. Some of us pine for the times when life seemed simpler, but they were only simpler because we had less to worry about. And before you know it, the world has changed, and we don't know how to adapt to the craziness around us. Believe it or not, the experiences of characters like Rip Van Winkle and Austin Powers are why I never put much stock into arguments about what the Founding Fathers would think about our country today. First of all, it's a non-issue, because they're all dead and they can't come back to life. The thought of George Washington rolling in his grave because of whatever Bush or Obama did is the dumbest thing anyone can say, and yet people continue to use this train of thought as if it had some legitimacy in the real world. But even if it were possible to get insight into what these men were thinking, how would they be able to relate to things today? I was once on the telephone with Blockbuster Video, which is a very old-fashioned sentence. <laughs> and it is. I was on the telephone with Blockbuster Video. That's like when your grandma would be like, we'd all go play jacks down at the soda fountain. You're like, no one knows what you're talking about, you idiot. Picture, if you will, a black woman driving her car through a McDonald's drive-thru, talking on her Bluetooth to her husband at the other end, wanting to know if he wants bacon on his quarter pounder. Now, imagine Benjamin Franklin witnessing that woman for the first time. How could he possibly comprehend what he's seeing? His head would explode. And we're supposed to think that the Founding Fathers, 200 plus years removed from our world, would be able to form a rational opinion on gun rights or health care in the 21st century? You must be out of your goddamn mind! 
There's a reason that characters like Philip J. Fry from Futurama or Buck Rogers don't dwell on the past after waking up in the future. Can you imagine how dull these characters would be if they didn't enjoy the time they woke up in? The passage of time is something that I've noticed that some people refuse to acknowledge. How often do we see Facebook posts of people feeling old because someone younger doesn't recognize an icon of a previous era? How many people get annoyed when they don't recognize the icons of this era? Don't these people see that there is no difference between ignoring the present and sleeping through it? You've been asleep, Cap, for almost 70 years. When we come back, my review and commentary on a hit movie featuring a character who slept through much of American history, Captain America the Winter Soldier. He spent years pushing the corporate suits, their rules, and their laws to the edge. Wait till you hear what he's like when he makes his own rules. The Don Geronimo Show. Discounted yearly subscriptions still available. Also available in quarterly or monthly packages. And I'll see you there. The Don Geronimo Show. Tomorrow and every Monday through Friday from 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific. Live right here on the Rel Network. Did you do anything fun Saturday night? Well, all the guys from my barbershop quartet are dead, so... No, not really. Coming up on the drop zone, Cap. You know, if you ask Kristen out from statistics, she'd probably say yes. That's why I don't ask. Too shy or too scared? Too busy. Is he wearing a parachute? No. No, he wasn't. Captain America the Winter Soldier picks up about two years after the events in 2012's The Avengers. Chris Evans returns as Steve Rogers, a hero from World War II revived in the present day, now working as a covert agent for S.H.I.E.L.D., the international espionage and law enforcement organization. This version of Captain America was introduced back in 2011's Captain America The First Avenger, and while this is the third movie that Captain America has appeared in, it's the first one to address Cap's adaptation to the present day. It may come as no surprise to those of you who know me that I liked this movie a lot. But I didn't like it simply because it was a superhero movie, but because it took a superhero and placed him in a storyline that is very politically driven. It takes the seriousness of the Bourne movies and ejects the energy and explosiveness of the Bond movies. While Chris Evans does a terrific job playing Steve Rogers, each of the supporting cast members has their moments to shine. Scarlett Johansson returns as S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. the Black Widow, for her third appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Samuel L. Jackson is back for a sixth time as S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury. Joining the cast are Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, a pilot of a unique sort, and Robert Redford as the Kissinger-like Senator Alexander Pierce. Because this movie is about the role of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the world, trust becomes a matter of extreme importance. That becomes especially difficult considering that spies are natural liars, and since lying isn't something that Steve Rogers does to his colleagues on a regular basis, it's tough for him to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Prior to the release of the first Avenger, the character of Captain America wasn't well known outside of the comic book world. Within the comic book world, Cap was a constant source of values that made one aspire to be a better American. The first Avenger successfully translated that from the page to the screen, but Captain America the Winter Soldier shows Steve Rogers not as a constant, but as a man who looks for the good in any situation. He isn't afraid to criticize the era he came from, nor is he afraid to express his discomfort with the surveillance of today. We're going to neutralize a lot of threats before they even happen. That's the punishment usually came after the crime. Now think about that statement Cap just said. It's not a statement that someone from the 1940s would have said. Certainly not someone who tried time and again to enlist to fight in World War II. What was the reason that Steve wanted to enlist? I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Steve Rogers, deep down, is a guy who always felt outcast because of his scrawniness. He relied on his brains and heart to survive, and the physical strength he gained from the super soldier serum was just another facet of the man that is Captain America. Just to be clear, Steve Rogers doesn't hold stereotypical values from the 1940s. Would a white guy from the 40s be so immediately trusting of a black guy like Sam Wilson? No, Steve Rogers is more than just a man who was frozen in time. In The Avengers, Steve doesn't know who Stephen Hawking is and is happy to understand a Wizard of Oz reference. During the start of Captain America the Winter Soldier, we see Steve making a list of things to learn about, such as the moon landing, the Berlin Wall, and Star Wars. One of my favorite moments from the Winter Soldier occurs when Steve and Natasha stumble upon an abandoned room filled with old-style computers, and Natasha says the iconic line from War Games, Shall we play a game? Natasha forgets Steve might not get the reference, but Steve is quick to point out that he saw the movie. Think about that. Instead of lamenting the past and all that he lost the way Austin Powers did, Steve made a concentrated effort to learn about the world he lives in now. He may have been asleep for 70 years, but Captain America wasn't going to let those years go to waste. Four out of five stars for Captain America The Winter Soldier, a tight action thriller that delivers on its promise to shake up the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's it for this episode of ARC. Please visit artsreviewandcommentary.com for access to my reviews and ratings past and present, as well as links to all the great shows on the Realm Network, like the Don Geronimo Podcast, as well as shows on news, gaming, sports, politics left and right, humor, and of course, shopping at Amazon.com. Subscribe to ARC on iTunes and leave a five-star review. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcreviews. Follow the show on Twitter at arcreviews. And you can email me at artsreviewandcommentary at gmail.com. My name is Omar Latiri, and this is ARC. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. 